Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm a compliance evangelist, and I'm very pleased and excited to bring to you a special five-part podcast series based upon an interview with Dr. Kyle Welch from George Washington University on his recent paper evidence on the use and efficacy of internal whistleblowing systems. First, a word from our sponsor, Navix Global. Navix Global offers a comprehensive suite of ethics and compliance software, content, and services that helps organizations protect their people, reputation, and bottom line. With more than 13,000 customers, including 85% of the Fortune 500, Navix Global Solutions support the largest ethics and compliance community in the world. Over this five-part podcast series, I take a deep dive into Dr. Welch's paper, and explore why it is so important and significant for the compliance practitioner. We look into the background of why he started to study, what some some of the key uh, information he read uh, to prepare for his research, uh, what he expected or what predictions he had from looking at uh, the numbers. Then we consider what his research found. And finally, we tie it all together with what it all means for the compliance practitioner. This is one of the most significant academic studies for FCPA and and bribery compliance practitioners, and indeed all compliance practitioners. I know you will find this podcast series useful and helpful, as well as the paper, which of course we will link to in the show notes. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. This special podcast series is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for our concluding episode in the five-part exploration I have been engaging in this week with Dr. Kyle Welch from George Washington University on his recently released paper, Evidence on the Use and Efficacy of Internal Whistleblowing Programs. Today, I'm extraordinarily excited because we're going to tie it all together and talk about what it means for the compliance professional. So with that, unfortunately, long-winded introduction, Dr. Welch, welcome back. Thank you for having me. So let's just jump right into it. Um, one of the things that struck me about the overall tone of your paper was that it's not simply a, a mechanical or even an electronic whistleblowing uh, report line. It's an entire internal uh, reporting system, which brings the greater benefits. That means someone is there to answer the phone. That means someone is there to pass the message along. It means someone is there to triage the issue and do an investigation, remediate if appropriate, but also communicate with the reporter if the reporter wants to do so in a, in a very process fair or fair process doctrine manner. That's uh, another term I use. Uh, what are your thoughts on that based upon your research and your paper? So the the interesting thing is there's I think there's two parts to it, and I don't I don't know that they can be separated uh, because this is a, a, an important insight to have is that so we look at two things. Uh, we look at the number of reports and then we also look at the aspect of engagement with the system as a measure to try to get at, you know, uh, you know, how engaged in, you know, management is and in using these systems and 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 how much they value these reports. And it turns out the relationship is is it's a very strong relationship between the two. And so. So what that translates into is that usually organizations that have figured this out are hitting on this on multiple levels. They're organizations where employees uh, feel like they can come forward and say this type of uh, uh, report, and they want to because they plan on staying at the organization. And so there is there's multiple factors that 
that impact this. And some of those, like I say, uh, are not observable. We try to proxy for that engagement with, you know, how frequently does management look at reports? Uh, how quickly do reports get resolved? And how many blanks are in the reports on a system? So actually having a system that helps you manage reports. I mean, there's, there's, I guess there's a, an alternative way. You could just hire a company and just, you know, uh, they could write it down on a piece of paper and pass the piece of paper over. But really what you, what, what we find is that firms that take this seriously and want to benefit from this will have an advanced system that uses an external party to do it and actually has uh, 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 ways to engage with the employee, the wage to engage with the whistleblower via this third party that enables them to get the most value from the system. And firms that have that are going to benefit the best from it. And so without question, there is uh, sometimes when you write an academic paper, you know, it's hard to show the color, but you highlight the color of this. And that's actually something that is, that is absolutely there. You touched on something in our last episode that I really wanted to expand upon, and that's the board of directors role in this. Uh, many boards of directors struggle with how they can engage in oversight without kind of going too far into the weeds and actually starting to manage. But it strikes me, and you began to talk about how a board can use the information that you found in your uh, research as really a way to address a variety of issues, and, and you ticked off several of them. Me too, uh, perhaps bribery and corruption issues, certainly uh, regulatory issues, yep. uh, culture. So how would how would you see a board of directors using this type of information on a go-forward basis? Oh man, this is this is like so there's two things that are the big impact from this uh, this study. One, high level, uh, more active engagement and more reporting is a good thing for manage uh, as far as in, as a signal of the management and culture. The second thing is, oh man, boards boards are going to look at this stuff a lot more, and the savvy boards are going to start grabbing it now, uh, because what happened? You think about Lehman Brothers, perfect example. Lehman Brothers Repo 105 happens. They have an internal report. It gets reported to the audit committee. The audit committee gives it to Ernst and Young, and Ernst Ernst and Young looks into it and says, ah, there's nothing there. The reality is, is that every, everybody after Lehman Brothers does a ton of Monday morning quarterbacking with that board. And the reality, and if you look at that board and you look at the resume, anybody that's doing that quarterbacking with the board, look at their resume. The resume from these people on the board of Lehman Brothers is amazing. These are fantastic people that are on that no governance, no problems, know when a problem comes up, what they need to do. And the failure of Lehman Brothers was not a governance failure per se an incompetence. It was a governance failure of withholding information. So if you think about the problem that manager that that directors face, all their information comes directly from management. Everything, any analysis they do, anything they they run, anything on the market, financial statements, yeah, they go to the auditor, but the board's already gone through all that. Every single thing they do is touched on and touched, and the management has their fingers in, uh, either directly or indirectly, because their direct reports are going to be presenting it. To they all have something that is 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 colored by the management of the company. The board's single best resource for objective 
information on what's happening at the firm is these internal systems. And what I believe going to happen from this is you're going to see more boards and board members that aren't even on the audit committee saying, I want to know what's going on with our whistleblowing system. I want to know what's going on with the level. And then I also am interested in these key categories. And I want to know if management's been involved in, in, in certain problems. And what's going to happen is, is boards are going to shift this, I believe, eventually, most board members are going to pick this up and realize the valuable resource that's here and say, look, we need to have this and we need to look at this. And this might be something we dedicate, you know, one to two meetings again. You know, we have only, you know, maybe four at minimum, but maybe six to eight meetings in a year. This is something worthy of, you know, something that's, you know, maybe even a complete meeting a couple times a year. Because what you get from these reports, had that happened with Lehman Brothers, you would have had a couple of things. One, you would have had this repo 105 uh, would have come out to the board. And this 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 individual that came out as a whistleblower would have actually had something that had the eyeballs of all the board members and surely the board members uh, you know looking at uh, uh, multiple things with it gives more opportunities to identify and 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 deal with problems the other thing that it also shows is it, Lehman Brothers is a great example is the board had an opportunity to see uh, a simulation with their uh, 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 structured debt portfolios and their you know their risky their risky bond portfolios that they had um, and in one of the simulations uh, almost directly matched the path that they took with their portfolios that they were investing in. And guess what management decided to do for the board meeting? They decided to exclude that simulation in the analysis. And so that's just another testament that like management, you can rely on management reports only a certain amount. And if you really are looking for objective information, this is one of the best sources for it. And so uh, as a compliance person, as somebody that's in HR, as it's somebody that, that deals with these reports and put, compiles this information, I imagine that uh, getting as much as you can information related to the level of use for your industry, level of use for the year, how your firm's structured related to governance, what you're likely to see, will enable board members to say, okay, based on what we're observing here, what what problems do we need to look into from a direct report level where you look deep into the reports, but also as a high level? So say you're a firm that has uh, uh, you know, a certain level of reports and related to your industry average, uh, it is uh, about on par. Well, in that year, you have an increased use of accruals in your accounting. So uh, managers are able to uh, decide how they report certain aspects of accounting, and they, they get a, a little bit more aggressive. Aggressive, And you say to the audit firm, hey, uh, are, is our level of, of accruals higher this year than it was last year? Yes, it's higher. Well, let's look at our whistleblowing report. Where should our, uh, you know, we might need to take a haircut on that level because we would we would want to have more whistleblowing reports or more uh, an increased level or observe something a bit more uh, to make sure that we're covering our bases on making sure we're capturing all the information that we need to. So that strikes me as uh, you name the scandal as far back as Enron, but up to Wells Fargo, uh, the question was, where was the board? The board was, they had no information. And in Wells Fargo, for instance, they were actively misrepresented uh, the numbers to them. And if they had access to even the internal whistleblowing numbers and the internal whistleblowing complaints, they would have seen a very different picture very much sooner than when management, when they read in the paper about the uh, the settlement with uh, FINRA and, uh, ex uh, excuse me, the CFP, uh, 
excuse me, the Consumer uh, Protection Board. So uh, I think this will absolutely be a game changer. And then uh, can we conclude with uh, some, one thing you have really related throughout this podcast series, Dr. Welch, which is that uh, the reports are an incredibly valuable resource to the everyday compliance practitioner for not only identifying um, claims or, excuse me, uh, potential issues, but also addressing them in an organization. Yes, I, I, you know, as I've talked to compliance officers and inter, uh, in, you know, people that do internal audit, those that know what the power of this tool get it, and they are believers. And I'll tell you, uh, I knew that there was value in this. I, I, I came into it with an assumption that there was some sort of value. I had no idea the directionality and and the causality and, and, and what was going on here and how significant it was. I was agnostic at the beginning, and I'll tell you, uh, I'm not agnostic now. It's very clear. You know, there's a saying in academia, they say, if you torture the data, it will submit to anything you want it to say. And I can confidently tell you that this database, this data set, if it was seen by any other academic, these results would come out the same. These results are strong. This data was not tortured for these results. This, this, just, this is what it is. And it turns out that these tools are fantastic for executives and for boards for discovering problems that they wouldn't find otherwise. So, yes. So this has been a fascinating exploration, Dr. Welch. I, I frankly cannot thank you enough for uh, doing the research and generating this report, and I greatly look forward to uh, seeing what you come up with in the future. Thank you very much for having me. It's been fun talking to you. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this five-part podcast series that I've put on with Dr. Kyle Welch on his recently released paper, Evidence on the Use and Advocacy of Internal Whistleblowing Systems. I think this is one of the most significant papers, certainly academic papers, for every compliance practitioner as it shows real-world cost savings of a specific tool and tactic of a best practices compliance program, a whistleblower system. This special prod- podcast presentation has been a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.